0: Yeah. Well then I was like in the doctor's office. He said, good news is you're gonna die. Bad news is I don't know what good news means. (laughs) Anyway. On today's podcast (laughs) (laughs) Weird (laughs) right off the bat. Uh we have another special guest, a good friend of mine, a good friend of Julian, a good friend of everyone's, Steph Russo. Steph, how are you?
1: Good, how are you? I'm excited. Who the hell are. is Steph Russo?
2: <laughs>
1: <laughs> A.K.A. Steph Gavilanas.
2: Sorry. I, I, At some point, I'll stop doing this to you. But I've been coaching Steph since before she got married, so I see Russo. And I'm literally like, who the hell is this? <laughs> it still says Gavilanas on my phone. I can't, because yeah. I, like, I won't know who it is.
1: My emails are still Gavilanas. I haven't changed That's because
2: those are impossible to change unless you make a new one. I know. And that's, and that's just stupid, so, like, I don't know, like, it, it's, <laughs> I mean, it says Russo, when you, when you talk, it says Russo, but, like, <laughs> I can't, same thing with Lauren, I can't, she's shortle. Oh, I know, yeah. right. So, I'm sorry, I'll shut up now. <laughs>
0: <Okay>. No, uh, <laughs> um, Steph, uh, just give us a, a quick introduction to, uh, you know, who you are. What do you do where people can reach you? And we'll do that again at the end. But you know, I think that'd be a great introduction.
1: All right. Well, I'm Steph gavilanes <laughs> slash Russo. Um, I've been coaching with Ryan too, since I was like 22. So like seven years. Yeah, you're from the old gym. Yeah, I think um, yeah, so I've been coaching with Ryan for seven years in powerlifting. Um I met him through Eva, which most of you know who she is. Um, I followed her on Instagram. We were friends in high school. And then I saw she was like powerlifting. And I was like, oh, that's really cool. So um, I ended up reaching to Ryan. And so here we are. Um, So anyways, now I'm 29, still powerlifting. um, And... I have my master's in social work, specifically mental health. Um, I was I'm a school social worker right now, um, but I just started coaching in mental health slash mindset. Um, so, I mean, do you want me to explain what that is?
2: Please. <laughs> that pretty much, yeah. We're that's what we're gonna get to anyway. So go for it.
1: <laughs> okay. Um. So yeah. So mental health slash mindset coaching. Um basically what I do is well I guess I'll just explain what coaching is versus <laughs> therapy.
2: Which is literally what we were texting about the other day.
1: I know. Um, so coaching is very, it's more direct. Um in the sense that like when you go to therapy like there's this sense of like you're building the rapport and you're getting to know the person and once the therapist feels like they know you they start to challenge you a little bit and so that can that can take time building that that connection and that trust um, whereas with coaching it's a little bit more direct typically you end up following the person, you know, whether it's on Instagram or their website, and you kind of learn about what they do. And so you get to know them a little bit more than, you know, oftentimes when you go see a therapist, you're like, you might know what they specialize in, but you're not really sure how you know, you're going to connect with them. And and again, the whole process, it takes time. So coaching is a little bit more direct in the sense that like you come to, to me or anybody who does mindset or mental health coaching and you're like, hey, like I'm really struggling with anxiety or I'm really struggling with, you know, my confidence or, you know, um, career, whatever it is. And so we have a plan and we have a goal. It's like, all right, so or or like body image. Body image is like, you're like, hey, I really just don't like the way I look. I've tried all this other stuff. It's not working out. So in between three to four months, depending on like the package you pick, we really talk about every single week, like what it is that you're looking for. Um, There's a plan every session. There's like homework that you do. So there's in-between stuff that you need to do to work through it and then there's also in between support so i was telling ryan this but there's this app i don't know if many people are familiar with it called boxer um so it's like it's very similar to whatsapp but i like it because it's almost it's like a walkie talkie app and i like to just converse with my clients in between it's easier for me than just like texting like long drawn out things um, So if in between calls, like they want to talk about something, whether it's the homework or something came up, like a situation, we're able to talk through it in real time. Like, hey, like I was looking in the mirror and I had a breakdown and I'm feeling so anxious and I don't want to go out with my boyfriend tonight we'll talk through it like, all right. And we'll set actual steps like, Hey, like, you know, where's this coming from? Let's go to the mirror. Let's, let's point out like neutrality. Like, you know, these are my eyes and this is what they do for me. And this is my hands and this is what they, you know, things like that. So we actually have concrete steps on what we're doing um, to help you really work through it. And so I teach you all these things and I guide you and we do it in real time. So once the coaching is done, you're able to start doing that self-talk within yourself, and not um, getting so anxious that it's affecting you, or not getting so absorbed in the thoughts that you that it's affecting your everyday life or, or how you how you live. You're able to kind of talk yourself through it, and I think a lot of people. Do struggle with that, where we get caught up in our thoughts and, you know, you go through that mental loop of like, oh my gosh, well, this sucks. And you start getting anxious and then you think even more. And before you know it, you're like, oh my God, what do I do? Um, so that really is the goal. Um, is to teach you all these, all these um, different like strategies and these coping tools so you can use it and, and do it yourself. Um, So you no longer need me because that's not one thing I want to do is like build codependence when you're like, oh my gosh, I can't do this without you like, no, I teach you everything and show you how to do it and we do it together so you can then implement it and go on because this is such a journey like you're it's not like once you do the coaching or you learn the tools you're never going to have a negative thought again or you're never going to feel anxious again it's all just about being able to work through it and not get so stuck in it that it's affecting you sorry I went off on a tangent I don't know
2: No, like so I I think it's good because I like I mean I've been trying to think like of how I wanted to kind of loop this back into like into GPT and training and stuff like that and I think you actually probably just gave me three or four questions but I don't write anything down so we'll see if I can remember it Um, I mean, like you said, like the codependency, like you want to give them the tools to do it. Like it's, it's going to sound weird to me saying this now, but like you said, you know, you and I have been working together for like seven years, but like with the way I coach is I give you your program and I give you stuff as you need it, but it really, you're doing a lot of it on your own, you know, like I'm kind of, I'm putting you into positions that like you can figure out what works for you, what doesn't, I'm not standing over you personal training. um, Right and I'm in, like in, at the beginning, when you started with us, we, we changed some things we did in, but like, as you've been with me longer, like I probably coach you less because you don't need it as much. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the same. I like, that's what you're saying. It's like, my idea is I want to get you guys to a point where you need as little help from me as possible. Um, but I'm there when you need it. Like, I, you know, it, it's not like, I think some trainers think they need to be queuing every single set, every rep and like, more often than not, you don't need any of that. Like, you know what to do, you, you have to do it. Um, so we gave you the tools to do it and then you have to go do it. And then when it gets to a point where maybe there's something that you do need more help on, then I'm there to answer questions or to give you that cue. But it's hopefully we gave you enough on your own that you could do it. And that's the same thing you're doing. Like at the beginning, people are just kind of lost um, and you're giving them that help. And I think like what you say, like the coaching is like, I think a lot of people are Um, and we actually talked about this a little bit and, you know, with Stephanie in the last podcast we did is that, um, you know, the mental health aspect, like, I think a lot of people are nervous about going to like a therapist, like it's a bad thing. Um, so I think like what you're doing, like coaching is like, it's, it's probably produces less anxiety because it's not a therapist, even though you know, you're still helping through issues, it's not in the same way, like, you know, you're not going to go lay down on their couch and talk, like, and I think, you know, and this the same thing with me, like, you know, people are, are willing to reach out to a coach, and I think, like, that's a good step, um, and get, you know, and, and help with stuff that you need working on.
0: Would it be fair to say that, um, sort of, both you and staff fit this, sort of, middle ground of, uh, sort of, the fields you're in, in the sense that if, you know, a trainer or like someone initially uh, seeking out mental health, will talk to a friend and they'll get like the personalized coaching until, or personalized training until they can reach a coach where it's like, you sort of have the tools and I'll guide you in the right direction. But if things get more intense, they will guide them to either like a physical therapist or an actual mm-hmm. like psychologist. Right. And then you sort of bring them back and forth between those
2: two realms. I think that's probably, I mean, like it, I wouldn't say like for me, at least maybe not so much physical therapist. It's more of me of like, you hire me as a coach and you know, you get the programming and the coaching as needed, or do you hire me like for one-on-one, you know, like, you know, I can do both, but like, you know, if, if you hire me for one-on-one, then like for the next hour, hour and a half, I'm going to be with you at every step. And I'm going to give you a lot more things to do. Um, and, not, and the thing is you might not necessarily need that most of the time maybe you only need that occasionally to kind of just remind you of something, um, where like, you're right. Like it can kind of branch in between, like more often than not, you need me to give you the program, do this, do this, do this, go for it. And Like usually the notes that I give you guys is enough to make sure that you're doing stuff accordingly. And then every once in a while, you might need a little bit more. So on my end, it's maybe a little bit different. Um, then like, you know, maybe like, you know, we have, um, We'll have Casey on in the the future, but, like, you know, Casey is a psychologist, and, like, she's, like, what you said, Steph, like, that, she's, like, that next step. She's the therapist, Um, and I'll shut up and let Steph answer that part now, but, yeah.
1: Um, Yes, I would say yes and no, because it really depends, like – with coaching and therapy there really it, it's like an enmeshment um it's not like this is specific coaching and this is therapy like it definitely there is a blend um and specifically with my training and the fact that you know I went to school for it I've been in the field for 7 years um I am a little more comfortable than maybe some other like life coaches or coaches that have just gone through a certificate to kind of talk about the past the difference there with therapy is that like i'm not gonna take anybody who has you know, really needs to really unpack trauma and like really unpack the past and we kind of stay there because that really is more for therapy. But I do, I'm not dismissive from the past because I truly believe that in order for us to move forward in our life, there are things that we need to address in the past to move forward. Because it's hard to just, you know, be on the other side and be like, all right, well, because I've, I've heard this from other coaches, like life coaches, and that's fine. I know that those are the tools that they use a lot. But um, where it's like, yes, you have the power to control what you're doing, but it doesn't matter the things that happened in the past. Like it's all on you. And I could see where that's, that can be helpful for people. For some people, it could be very empowering to be like, wow, like my past doesn't define me. And like, I have the power to change all these things and you know, all that stuff. But it can also be really harmful to other people in in a way that it's very dismissive of the things that you've gone through or, or the things that you've experienced through, you know, childhood and and growing up because those really stay with us and they really shape how we view the world, how we view ourselves. And so I think it's almost like, this is my personal opinion. Like, I think it's almost like a disservice to not talk about like, where are these core beliefs coming from? You know, where where's the first time that, that this happened? Like, let's talk through that. Like, how, what was that experience like for you? And then let's take from there and see how is it now playing out in your life and how can we move forward with it rather than like really unpacking it and like kind of staying there like what is with therapy. Um, I also wouldn't work with someone who is very like high crisis. Um, anybody who has like very severe um, like suicidal or homicidal ideation like that definitely is more more therapy. Um, but I also really like working like, um, I, and this is not like to say that therapy doesn't work I've been in therapy like myself for years and it, I love my therapist she's amazing um, but this one of the things that I've seen is there is definitely a gap when with people that I've talked to people that have come to me whether they decided to do coaching with me or they were kind of just on the fence like they found that the person they, you know, did therapy with was just someone they vented to, but didn't feel like they had concrete steps. Every therapist has a style. So I definitely don't want to say just like in any profession, like there's some really good, like, you know, personal trainers and coaches and, you know, therapists and doctors, and there's like some duds, right? So, and and so it happens in any, in any profession. Um, But that was the experience. And I think, a lot of it too is is the training because a a lot of at least in in social work and that's really what i can speak on versus like psychology um and verse in their training so like in social work we were taught to that one of the things it is that we talk about a lot is like the whole person we look at the entire person it's not just you and your experiences but it's also your experiences with other people um Like your community, your schools—like we look at everything. Um, It's very like whole person-centered. And we talked a lot about um, the unconscious mind, and not all therapists are not all are trained to do that in that sense, Um, because we are so focused on like the conscious mind, which is our thinking and like our our thoughts, and 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 we're aware of our feelings. But the unconscious mind really drives. Our, our conscious mind and it's the unconscious mind that we're not really aware and so you might be like aware of like your thinking or how you're feeling but where are like the core beliefs coming from and what happened and how can we take from it and start to reframe it so you can bring awareness to those unconscious beliefs I don't, does that make sense yeah that makes sense
2: I think I say this is like it's kind of funny because this is um, like we literally just recorded with Stephanie and there are definitely some parallels of of like yeah we like we we went in a different route with her we were kind of introducing her and we ended up getting a lot, a lot of talking about like uh like the mental state of like lifting and getting you know and, and and just in general and meets and and I think you're saying a lot of stuff that actually parallels with her really well so we should probably post these pretty close to each other mm-hmm. um but no, I think we use like, like a couple things there. Like you said, the continuum, I think that's a good way to put it is like sometimes you need to go like, you know, we're always shifting. We're not like just in this center place that like you just need this. I said, sometimes for me, you need me to be like to watch every rep of a set and cue everything and give you more. And sometimes you don't need that. Like there's that continuum of going back and forth and the same thing with like what you said from you to a, um, a therapist, like you said, the enmeshment, I think like enmeshment or continuum is a good term. One thing I do want to point out is like, life coaching is like a fairly new phenomenon. Like it's not, hasn't been around for that long. Um, and what you were saying, like not everyone has a lot of training. Um, I know, I think you said this at the beginning, but like, can you state again? Where's your master's from?
1: Oh, Columbia university.
2: A good fucking school. So the people like, like, this is one that I talk about. Like I'm not saying that you have to have a background in exercise science or something like that to be a good coach but it shows that the people put the time, the effort, the money into it to at least have the basic knowledge of these things before they just went and started coaching. Um, i talk about like I have my undergrad in exercise science. You know, my friend Zach has his in exercise physiology. Like we, we, we put the time in where we, to learn the human body better than most um, before we then got into coaching and got all of our coaching certificates, where I think a lot of people that are life coaching, um, don't have any background. They're just kind of working with people and I'm not saying that that's necessarily bad but I think sometimes they're really overstepping their boundaries on what they should be doing and like you went to school for this like you you know so your master, so you had your master's so you were what six, six years of college for this total right? Five or six? Yeah, six? Like six years of schooling to like to understand all this stuff better you put a lot of time and a lot of effort into knowing how to help people more. And then you've only been doing the life coaching really like for the last, how long? It hasn't been that long, right?
1: Not like two months.
2: Yeah. So, I mean, like it took you a while, but like you put the time, the effort, the money into this to know what you're doing other than just being like, oh, here's how I'm going to help you. Um, You know, and you can get a lot of that stuff like online, but that doesn't mean, like I said, maybe, maybe they're overstepping their boundaries or they're giving stuff that's maybe not, The right thing um not to say that like you might you're not going to ever make a mistake with something but like you have more of a background and more of a knowledge of it than most people in this field and that's a really good thing like that's something i harp on is like because it's the time the money the effort that you put into it to be better about it so
1: remember that (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. And then this is my own personal bias. Like I know you, like you said, you don't have to have like uh, a like bachelor's or master's degree in that field to be a good coach, but I definitely think it really is beneficial and it really helps because there's coaching certificates um that are great out there but don't necessarily show you like the like nitty-gritty stuff that we learn in school and and i think just from from life coaching specifically like i said like i was actually on a call with a like a discovery call with with a coach um a while ago and they had asked me like you know one of one of the things we're talking about was one of the limiting beliefs that that i struggle with it's like you know not feeling like like enough and so you know she asked me like well what do you think where do you think that comes from and i was like well i definitely think it's like childhood like you know where how i was like taught and all these things and she was like, well, that's victimization. She was like, we're not going to talk about what happened in your childhood. Like you are the driver. And it was very dismissive in a way that just didn't like feel good to me at all. Because it was like, you know, I truly know that this is why. And again, it's not to blame anybody. It's not to be like, wow, I hate my parents or anything like that. It's just to bring awareness and to be like, huh, this is why I now struggle with this belief. Like, this is why it plays out in, in my life now. And how can I now build that compassion for myself where things don't need to be perfect or, you know, like there's different ways of reframing it. And so that really made me think about how certain certificates for coaching, like you said, it can blur boundaries, especially if they don't have that kind of, um, like education, because it can be very dismissive and it can go to the opposite fact where you put so much pressure on the person. It's like, it's, it's on you to, to change your future. And you're the driver that it can be almost like anxiety provoking for people. And then they start going the opposite way and being like, Oh my God, now it's my fault that I didn't get this job. And it's my fault that I got fired. And it's my fault that I did this. And Now we're back to feeling really crappy about ourselves. And like, now we're in this like anxiety and so it, it can also have the adverse effect and so i think it is very important to be mindful of who you're working with especially if you just have a certificate just like as a life coach um, i would be v- way more mindful of who i work with because then then like i'm more comfortable with that because again i i feel like we do have to talk about the past before we can move forward but also if you're talking about a problem, I'm not just gonna tell you what to do. We're going to talk about it and what feels good. And, and with some coaches, it might be like, they tell you like, you're like, hey, I'm having a problem with my mom. They're gonna be like, all right, we'll talk to her, tell her about this problem, And it's like, no, we gotta get the whole background because maybe that would backfire. Like I've, I've had that happen before personally to me where I was told like, go do this and it totally made everything worse so we have to be really mindful about what the relationship looks like before you go and just tell someone to go talk to the person directly about their problem because it could be just not helpful and backfire and just make everything worse so i i totally agree like i think it is just very helpful to have a background in not just a certificate but an education and a background in that
0: Uh, this might be a a small tangent question but this just popped in my head how how much um, do does like uh, a cultural competency, I think the term is, mm-hmm. uh, when it comes to uh, addressing certain issues for life coaching? Um, I know that when, it, when I was training individuals in mental health first aid, we, mm-hmm. we mentioned the idea that we need to be more competent of like how different cultures react to certain sort of situations. Um and I just wanna see if how that's influenced your coaching and your sort of guidance and how people should approach different aspects of their life.
1: Um, well definitely a big factor just being myself like first generation Ecuadorian. Um and I actually went to a therapist when I was like nineteen and she told me to to confront my mom about something and so I did and it totally backfired it made everything so much worse and so I stopped seeing that person and so one of the things that I've been so mindful just from my own experiences and just being mindful of other people's experiences that that culture is very different for everybody and and you know just because you know, ideally, yes, you would go and talk to your parent or your elder and, and be like, hey, this really upset me. But that might not be what's going to work out based on the family dynamics, on, on the way your family works and, and the culture of your family as well. Um I don't think I'm not, I can't say specifically, I know I'm not really sure if life coaching does that. I don't think they mostly just talk about like how he, you know, the present and how to move forward and you're the driver of your life and all that stuff. Um, but that stuff that I, talked about like endlessly like we had courses when I was in in grad school you know um like specific courses on cultural competency and writing papers and you know learning more about aggression like microaggressions and and how racism still plays out and all those things and and so I I feel like I am very mindful of those experiences rather than just telling someone like hey this is this is going to work because it might not what works for one culture might not necessarily work for another.
2: And I mean, like, I, I don't know site, if you were still at the gym last night when I was talking about this a little bit, but I said, like, it's that for me, for coaching wise, that's like the art aspect of it where, you know, the way I coach Steph might be different than the way I coach you. Um, And that could be, that's for a lot of reasons. It's because she's Ecuadorian, you're Pakistani. She's a female, you're a male, like, or maybe just it's the mindset. There's so much involved in that. And I said, we can generalize the point. Like I can generally, I, you know, I joke that if I tell a woman to do something, they actually listen and do it Mm -hmm. where the men like kind of fight me on it. Um, And then, and then eventually when the men do it, like, Oh yeah, all right. That worked where the women are like, they're generally more accepting to coaching. Um, But that's not always the case. Um, You know, it's, like I said, so we, I can, I start to take these generalities and start to use them to figure out how to coach the person. I can assume this because of this, this, and this. Um, like you said, with the cultural, you know, the different cultural aspects of it, and how I'm going to coach them. But it might change once I know that person a little bit better. Um, like lifting wise, like I'll use stuff. Like if I give her as many reps as possible, she's going to do eight, <laughs> and she could do twenty, and she's like mm, eight. Like, she just, like, so as many as possible for her isn't always the best call. Or, like, if I say pick a bicep exercise, she's going to do hammer curls. Like, (laughs) where, like, someone like Mags is going to do a different bicep exercise every time. I'm pretty sure, Steph, you do the same one for, like, 12 weeks. I
0: think
2: so. So, like, I can, you know, we can, like, so, like I said, we can't coach the same way just because they're both women. Like, that's stupid. But, like, I can take at least general things. Um, and start to pull from that. So I think that matters actually a lot. Um, and there's some science behind that, obviously, like learning. But the, it's also that art of like getting to know the person and understanding how they respond to different things. Um, if you tell me to do something, I'm gonna, I'm not going to do it. It's just that's how it is. Like I I'm I'm one of those people that like I have to kind of be. I need to be asked and kind of like like I want to do it. If I if I'm told to, I'm like nah, go screw yourself. Like I'm not doing it. Um, so if you're coaching me and you tell me to do something, it's going to fail. And that's just, that's me. That's my, whatever, that's my issues. But like, you have to know that going in and I, and that matters a lot. And I don't think, I think some people are use the science too much and don't use that art of like figuring it out. And I think some people just don't know that personal aspect of it and don't understand the art of it, of, of figuring out how to actually work with people. And that's so important because again like we talked with stephanie like it's personal like we're personal trainers like you're a personal coach like if they don't like you and you don't mesh well with them then then move on um because it's not going to work it's not going to get you know i'm not saying that you need to be best friends to get um to get good results from a coach but you need to at least feel comfortable with them enough that you are able to do these things if you're just like butting heads or you just don't like you just don't match at all it's just not going to work
1: yeah agreed and I think you have to yeah, like trust is such a big thing too in both in, in any type of coaching because like if you don't trust your coach based on what they're like working with you on and you're like all right well I'm not going to do it because I don't trust you like it's that's a big factor in it too um yeah and like building that relationship um like you said you don't have to be best friends but there's like that mutual trust and like you feel comfortable with them to like tell them like hey this is what's going on because yeah if if it if you're not gonna put in the work, like you can write like a, a great program, but if I only do one of the exercises every day and then I'm coming back and being like, yo, your program didn't work, like it sucks, <laughs> <laughs> you didn't follow it, what do right. you want to do, so it's the same thing with like the coaching that I do, like we can talk about the tools and like the techniques and stuff, but if you're just, if you're gonna just choose to stay stuck and and even when we're, we're Walking through the tools, and it's you're not as mindful. Then one one of the things I do is like we really try to pull back, and it's like all right, well, where where is this situation, and how can I help you more? But sometimes you're right. Like sometimes you're not going to mesh with the person, and it's just like all right, well, that's okay, and you know, good luck, and I hope you find someone that you do. Yeah. Mesh with. Um. The, uh.
0: This this question was sort of mentioned in the last podcast. Mm-hmm. I would adjust it a little bit. Um. When it comes to athletes or individuals trying to achieve uh, a goal, um, how do you sort of internalize that and help them achieve those goals? And what are some small things that sort of you would tell people to do, like, small advice you can give people today to be like, These, this, at least this is one step towards achieving that goal, if
2: that makes sense. <laughs> Well, I, so I mean, like we talked about before, like, I, like in, you know, now we're trying to kind of bring in what you do stuff like into like into the gym, obviously. But I mean, powerlifting in particular is a very goal driven sport. I want to lift this much weight and I want to weigh this much and I want to do this at this point. So it's very data driven. It's very goal oriented. Like, but I know it's, there's a lot of roadblocks to that. It's not like what Stephanie said in the last one, it's not just linear, there's a lot, you know, we, it's up and down, there's steps back, there's steps forward. Um, So you're right. Like, I, like, I think one of the things that I was really thinking of with you, Steph, was like, you know, we've got the big, we've got the goal board in the gym where we've got this big uh, chalkboard that people write their goals on and not everyone does. And that's up to you. Some people like to have their goals, like right in their face. Some people want other people to know some don't want to put it out there at all. Um, But I think like, what i was thinking of with you is like almost like how could you help us um with people setting better goals um and then how to and how to get to those because like and it's t- like some people like short-term goals some people like long, like so we have some of the goals on the board that are like it's like a five pound pr you know and that's something that we can probably get fairly quickly and then what will happen is they'll get it they'll cross it off they'll put a new one up and it's another five pounds on the other hand, we've got some people that have like a hundred pound PR and maybe they don't realize that that's going to take a long time. Um, and we need to kind of work around that. Or maybe they're like, no, I'm thinking like two years down the road, I'm going to get to this. That's my big goal. I want to hit my big goal. Um, so yeah, I was kind of thinking it was like, you know, how can, how would you work with like our members to, support, or any lifters, whatever um, to set better goals and figure out and you know, like and work towards them. Does that help guide that question more, So yeah. or did I just make it worse? Okay.
0: No, okay. It. Oh, I yeah. see. Yeah. Air traffic control.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, <yeah>. And go.
1: <laughs> so I I definitely agree, and I think having that long term goal is really is really great. Like if you're like, hey, down the road two years. I want to hit 400 pounds. Like I know I I can do it, but I still think it's really important to set those small goals. Cause what happens is we get so focused on the big goals that let's say by the end of your training cycle, you, in order to be on track towards that 400, um, you were supposed to hit, I don't know, 300 for two singles, and you only hit a single at 300. And it can cause a lot of frustration, anger, like, great, I'm not going to hit my goal. And we can get really stuck in that. So I think really focusing on those those little goals, even if it's just like a week or at the end of a training cycle and not forgetting to celebrate because I think a lot of us too is like, we don't hit our big goals. So it's like, all right, this was I just hit, you know, a five pound PR, but it's still not 400. Right. And so we, we focus so much that we forget to give ourselves those like wins and to celebrate like, Hey, five pounds is actually really great. Even if it's one pound, even if it's half a pound, celebrate that win, right? Give yourself a pat on the back and be like, dude, like, you know, I'm, I got two more reps than I did last week, or I hit half a pound PR because when we kind of dismiss those and it's like, Oh, well I didn't, you know, I was supposed to hit 225 for five, but I only got four. Okay. We focus so much on like what we didn't achieve that we forget what mm-hmm. we did achieve. Um, so I think that's definitely something that just all around others can get better, um, at is really celebrating the wins. Cause really no, no win is too small. And I think often we do think it's, it's too small. It's like, Oh, well it was just half a pound. Like what's there to celebrate or, you know, um, I only did one extra rep. What's there to celebrate, but there is something to celebrate and giving yourself that credit instead of being so dismissive and being like, well, it wasn't this. And I think that we can get caught up in that, especially just even personally speaking from, I know that was a big struggle I had in lifting. It was like, well, it wasn't this, so it wasn't good and it wasn't good enough. And so I'd get really stuck and it really caused me a lot of like frustration, anxiety, and I'd get really upset. Like, great. Like now the one thing that I thought I was good at or that I really like now I'm not, I'm not hitting what I'm supposed to, but really going back and being like, all right, well, it definitely, it wasn't perfect or it wasn't great, but you know, I hit one more rep than I did last week or I hit a half a pound more than I did last week. You know so really focusing on those little wins because all those little wins are going to help you set up for success to one feel really feel good about yourself and validate yourself and two you know know that whatever goal you have long term is still within reach and even if it's not like you'll feel good about yourself that you're celebrating all those little wins along the way rather than being so dismissive
2: i think and i, I like you too obviously you know we have it because you're at the gym but like the pr bell like for those of you not at the gym, like we have a bell that whenever you, whenever you hit a PR, I want you to go over, ring the bell. It basically just announces to the gym that a PR happened, So now we know what happened, write it up on the board, but I don't know how many people have read the sign with it. And like, I have a little sign underneath that says PR bell, you know, ring the bell, put it up on the board, celebrate for 24 hours, then get back to work. Like Mm -hmm. you should celebrate your win. Like you hit a PR that's important. It's a new record that you, it matters. So like a lot of people, like you said, like, they're like, ah, it's only five pounds and they won't ring the bell. And I'm like, ring the fucking bell because like, it matters. It does. Like, you know, it's the idea like that of like Kaizen, like a little bit better every day, like 1% better every day compounded. Like at the end of the year, you've improved immensely, but you feel like, Oh, it's not enough. And they're not treating it like that. On the other hand, like, you know, tomorrow get back to work because now you got to do it again. Um, because if you know, you, well, you don't want to celebrate your victories and then just like, just like step back and be like lazy about it. Like you do now, you got that small victory. Let's get another small victory, and that's like, you know, Brian and I talk like you know with hate breed. It's like kind of like my motto for the gym, but like satisfaction is the death of desire. Like once you get satisfied, stop. Like you're you're done with like you're done with this because there's no point in going more because you don't have to win anymore. You're like, yeah, yeah, I'm done. All right, I'm satisfied with what happened. So wanting more is good, but like, again, like you said, like you celebrate those little victories, celebrate that five pounds. Um, we have a new member that I was explaining to her about like um, how we have fractional plates, like for benching, I said, cause like, especially, especially with like newer female lifters, when they're benching 85 pounds to go from 85 to 90 is a huge increase, but to go from 85 to 86, or maybe even 85 and a half like they can hit that and it's a new PR but they don't think it's that much because it's a half a pound or a pound but you're 20% closer to the the 90 pound goal right Mm -hmm. and then you get to 87 you're another 20% closer like you're getting it's they they forget that you know Mm -hmm. it's like I mean it can get like really like motivational poster story kind of stuff but like it take you have to take that that step to keep moving forward, like to finish the to finish the mile, you got to take a step. Um, and I think a lot of people are forgetting that. Um, but you still have to have that big goal that you want to get to, because like, like I said, if you get to the goal and you're done, then I don't I don't really know what to do after that. <laughs> Just like okay, I'm good, I'm done.
1: You're like, thanks, that was great. Yeah,
2: all right, see you later.
0: All right, uh, well, I think that should be enough. We. Me and Ryan have a ton of questions for you, so we're gonna have you back eventually.
2: <laughs> yeah, because like well that's the problem is like like we did was with Stephanie, was like this was supposed to be like an introduction and like just, and just, just a quick one to get you out there so that we can have you back on and not ask every question right off the bat. And we went <laughs> a little we went a little off on Stephanie's. Yeah. Um, so we're trying to not do that on this <laughs> one. And then have another one where you can actually answer more shit. But <laughs>
0: Um, but real quick, uh, where can people find you, social media, email, reach out to you if they do want life coach?
1: Um, so you can follow me on Instagram at Steph Russo and two underscores. So Steph Russo underscore underscore. Um, my website is almost done. My my best friend's been doing it because I don't really like tech stuff, but um, so she's, she's doing it for me. So it's almost done. So Hopefully okay. I will have it up. That's uh, fine.
2: Mine's been almost done for like eight years. <laughs> so it's fine. Yeah,
0: we'll post it when we get it. So people yeah, it'll it'll, yeah, it'll be on the thing. <laughs> Description below because Bluetooth.